This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 95 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Brightman, also managing editor of On The Banks. We continue a busy spring with fall seasons just wrapping up. We still have uh, Rutgers women's soccer in the second round of the NCAA tournament set to take on Clemson this weekend, looking to make the third round of the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. But, you know, really hard to argue uh, the most consistent Rutgers program there is right now nine consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. They've now won five first round games in the past seven years. Credit to coach Mike O'Neill. Hopefully this team can take that next step forward on Friday night against Clemson. But we've had a lot of success with the spring sports as well. Men's lacrosse finished the Big Ten regular season eight and two and they're nationally ranked number five right now heading into the Big Ten tournament which starts next week. They got the bye as the number two seed so they'll play the winner. Penn State and uh, Johns Hopkins. And then you have the women's lacrosse team, which has really had a, an amazing season under head coach Melissa Lehman, her first season coaching in the Big Ten after last season was, was postponed and um, really made great strides. They're in the Big Ten tournament this weekend and will look to take the next step. Then we have baseball right now, huge weekend. They uh, beat Michigan, number 17 Michigan, first ranked win against a Big Ten foe on the road since joining the conference. They ended up winning the series, winning the last two games. Now they head to uh, first place Nebraska this weekend. But the job that uh, second-year coach Steve Owens has done is really amazing with that program as well. And, of course, you have rowing. I mean, right now, number four in the country, really amazing. Um, you know, was uh, really an afterthought for many years uh, at Rutgers after having great history. And head coach Justin Price has just done a phenomenal job and, and has them really poised. Um, you know, if there's a team in best position right now, obviously men's lacrosse could, could top Maryland, who they lost to twice in the regular season. But, you know, rowing has probably the best chance to win a Big Ten title the rest of this uh, academic year, uh, which whoever does do it first will be the first records program to do so. So keep an eye out there. We also have uh, spring practice is, is underway in its second week for football. We've had lots of coverage there. Coach Ciano, um, you know, to be honest with you, it, it kind of went over my head a little bit, but reading some feedback from readers, you know, the positivity that he's brought this spring even, just a, a contrast to previous years, um, you know, in the previous era during Ash, um, Ciano just seems generally excited, really pumped up for, for the future of this program and this team. So hopefully they can take that next step this fall. We'll have plenty of coverage throughout men's and women's basketball, you know, uh, using that transfer portal. Rutgers added uh, men's basketball, added Andre Hyatt over the last weekend. Women's basketball has added several transfers that we're, we're covering as well. So lots of activity, lots of things going on, but really wanted to take this episode to highlight the year that field hockey had finished this past season last week, had a disappointing loss to Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament. However, finished the national rankings ranked number seven in the country. Highest ranking they've had under head coach Meredith Civico in her ninth season. First Big Ten winning season, regular season, and has almost everyone back for next season. So really excited to speak with Coach Civico about the progress that this team has made, how she's taken this program from really an afterthought to a national power, and, and what the future looks like there. So without further ado, let's welcome in head coach Meredith Civico. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Aaron Brightman. It is my pleasure now to welcome in Rutgers field hockey head coach, Meredith Civico. 
who has led Rutgers to a number seven national ranking to finish the season. Four top 10 wins this season. Tremendous year. Coach Civico, thanks so much for being here. How has your reaction been to, to how this season went and um, your overall feeling and the progress you did make this season? Well, thanks so much for having me, Aaron. I always love chatting with you and 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 I think you've just done such an amazing job covering our team and all that we've been able to kind of accomplish these last couple of years. Wow, this season, kind of looking back on it, you know, so much went into it, not knowing if we were going to have a season in the fall and and managing COVID. And, you know, I think as a coach, priorities shifting during that period from obviously competing and winning games to keeping, you know, 24 young people safe and COVID free. You know, it's been kind of a long journey to this point, an incredible journey, I think, for our team and staff and, and what we were able to accomplish this season was a real testament to the sacrifice and, and hard work of the student athletes that we have and to the coaching staff we have. So this is a group that we were really excited about. We have tremendous experience. We've got amazing leaders in this group, uh, just a really just talented and hardworking and just committed to, I think, our vision um, for Rutgers Field Hockey you know, this group's really put us in a position to to be a national contender, you know, so I was really happy with this group that they were able to achieve that. And gosh, a big 10 only schedule really leaves you, you know, no breathing room whatsoever. So that was, that in itself was a challenge, you know, to be playing really almost um, all the the big 10 teams twice, um, except for Iowa and, and Indiana, I believe. But you know, and then playing Northwestern a third time in, in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, it was just a challenging schedule. Um, but I think really it's going to prepare us, I think, for next season, uh, for sure. I think we have five of the six seniors will be returning, um, which is really exciting, including our three captains, Gianna Glatz, Carrie Burns, and Katie Larmore. You know, so I know that they finished the season just recently. The, the loss to Northwestern was really disappointing. We did everything we could. We hit the post. We missed, you know, it was just like nothing could go in for us. But the team, I think, was really, they were devastated, every single one of them, you know, from the players who play every single minute to the freshmen who haven't stepped on the field yet for us. I mean, they were truly devastated, you know, and already the end of the game huddle was talking about being in this position next year and and competing. And we host the Big Ten tournament in 2021 at Rutgers. So that's something that we're really looking forward to. So it's just been incredible. And, and, you know, you followed our program for a long time, but this has been a process for us. And, you know, when I took over Rutgers field hockey, gosh, we were not winning in the Big East, you know, and then we we joined the Big Ten, which is, I think it's the toughest conference in, in college field hockey for sure. Um, it is, you look at the top 10 rankings and you've got most of the big 10 is in there from this season. So it's an incredible conference and to be in this position and competing with the best teams in the country, it, it's just, it's so exciting, you know, and I think next year we're only going to get better. So taking a step back there, you know, uh, yeah, it's your ninth season, you know, you, when you took over Rutgers, I believe uh, 11 of the previous 12 seasons were losing records. You had a great playing career yourself, won a national championship at Maryland. How did that prepare you for taking over a program like Rutgers and, and your overall vision for where you could take it? Looking back now, you know, how just how proud are you of where it is and how much further, you know, how, how, how excited are you about the future of where you can take it? 
Oh my gosh. I'm so proud. I'm obviously I'm from New Jersey. You know, this is kind of, I was born and raised here, introduced to field hockey at ocean city high school, which was always such a powerhouse. And, you know, if you ask me, you know, where would your dream job be, you know, to, to be at Rutgers is just, you know, where I want to be. It's my home. It's I'm so invested in this program. And I always looked at Rutgers as a program that was just had so much potential. You know, New Jersey is one of the best, best regions, best states for field hockey in the country. We've got some of the top high schools nationally, you know, in this state. And, you know, when I came in um, and I had the opportunity to interview for the head coaching position, I mean, I knew I wanted it more than anybody else. You know, I knew I wanted this job more than anybody else. I knew I wanted to build it with New Jersey talent. At the University of Maryland, I had the opportunity to play with a few really amazing international student athletes as well. So it's just a different culture, you know, and I think a lot of these countries that um, men and women grow up playing field hockey from a very young age. Um, so we knew if we recruited, you know, some of the right international student athletes into our program as well, it would, it would elevate, you know, and it's been a, a process and every year we're building, we make sure we get the right people, the right athletes. We've got an incredible coaching staff. And Rutgers, I mean, it's just you're looking at what Rutgers is doing and what all the programs at Rutgers are doing. And it's just so inspiring and motivating. And it's just an amazing time to be at Rutgers. So, Coach, wanted to ask, obviously, your, your most successful season um, at Rutgers, best regular season, um, first Big Ten winning season, number seven national ranking you finish with. But due to COVID and the NCAA tournament, you know, reducing the amount of teams that played to 75%, so we went from 16 to 12, which, you know, I, I kind of understand in other sports, but with field hockey, such a small field, I thought that was uh, not a great move. But overall, it affected you. Uh, Rutgers was the top ranked team not to make the NCAA tournament this year. You know, what was your message to the team and, and how to respond to that? And how can that potentially help you in the future? Yeah, I think that was that was so disappointing you know, for our team and I think for our coaching staff to kind of finish, you know, we needed, we knew we needed that Northwestern win, you know, and obviously advancing in the tournament. I mean, our objective was to finish with the automatic qualifier, but we knew if we could get to the final, we had a good chance. So I think that was just really, it was just so disappointing to finish where we were, have the season that we did, you know, have kind of those two wins against Penn State and two wins against Ohio State and um, Northwestern and and to not make the tournament was really heartbreaking, knowing that we would have if it were in a COVID year. So, but I do think that that's just kind of, we know that, we know where we stand, we know how good we are, we know what we need to do to be in the position, you know, to advance now. I think with this group, that experience is going to go a long way. And I think it's just, honestly, it's a, it's a, motivated for us and in, in going into next season. I think we don't want to be in this position. We want to make sure that we're we're dancing, so to speak, and and advancing. And I think obviously disappointed, but I think very, very motivating going into this next season with this group. Obviously about all the returning players you have back, you have your top six uh, scorers back, you have five of six seniors coming back for the fall. Um, you know, how much is that experience going to help you with this shortened off season, being that the start of next season is only, you know, a few months away at this point and, and how are, have they helped and, and how have the freshmen responded, um, your younger players in terms of, you know, integrating into this team and, and kind of prepare for the future as well. 
I think the really cool thing about this group, it's it's the players team, you know, and it's very much the culture is driven by the team and by the upperclassmen. And we have, you know, our freshmen come in and it's very much this is just the way we are, you know, and, and it's the integration of the first year players into our team and into our culture. It's it's really easy. It's really incredible. And that, I think that's a real testament to the upperclassmen. I mean, you walk into our locker room and I guarantee you couldn't tell who was a senior and a captain and who was a freshman, you know, because the freshmen are right in the middle of like the pregame, you know, just as hyped up, just as loud. I mean, that group is just, there's such a driving force when it comes to the culture, when it comes to bringing the new players in and making them feel like they're immediately part of the family. We've been through a lot of challenges as a team, as a program, and we've learned from every single one. And that group of of seniors, that five, you know, those five seniors and a few of our juniors, I mean, they've played almost every minute of their careers here and they have so much experience. They've been through so many situations and they've learned so much. And I really credit them. Like every time they have a challenge, they just, they figure it out and they overcome it and they learn from it. And their hockey IQ is um, grown tremendously. You know, we get on the field game day and, and that group really manages the team on the field and manages, you know, how we play, which is as a coach, that's what you want. You know, you want to prepare your team the best you can and come game day, you want the athletes to be confident and comfortable performing, you know, so we're so lucky to have that group and they've worked so hard to be in this position. Gianna Glatz, arguably the best goalkeeper in the country, uh, back-to-back goalkeeper of the year for the Big Ten. How important has she been to your success? How much has she grown in her time uh, at Rutgers? And just how how important is she to the future going into next season? I think she's just incredible. I mean, I can't say enough about her as obviously a goalkeeper who's really, I think, driven this program. You know, she's so competitive from the moment she stepped on the field, you know, freshman year and she got to Rutgers. She was just, I want to play. I want to win. I want to, you know, do whatever I can for my team. And she's always had that mentality. And that's why we recruited her. And then I think just watching her progress, her game, her understanding, I think her skill sets as a goalkeeper, she just, she's always putting the work in, you know, she's always in the office with the coaching staff watching video. She's got a notebook where she just, I mean, everything is in there and she watches, you know, every opponent, um, every player that, you know, she'll face in the big 10. She knows their tendencies, you know, she's very critical of herself. Um, She'll go back through and watch highlights and watch errors and you know train it and she comes to training you know and really tells the coaches like this is what I need to do this week which is really incredible so you know we've just been guiding her development but she's been driving it like she has been absolutely like uh, she's everything a Rucker student athlete should be you know not to mention like her near perfect GPA you know she's I think right now she's like just over a 3.9. She's in the graduate school of education. She was student teaching this semester. She's finishing up. She's going to finish with her master's when she graduates here. You know, she's on the the SAC e-board. She's she's just an absolute leader. She's volunteers in the community. I mean, she has got it all. So I can't say enough about her. I mean, she's a goalkeeper that wins you games, wins potentially wins you championships. So we're so thrilled to have her. And I think Sophia Howard, who's under her, is is going to be an incredible goalkeeper as well. And for her to have Gianna Glass as kind of a training partner 
for these past, um, you know, two and a half years, they'll be together. I think it's just going to do so much for the development of our, our future goalkeepers as well. Obviously, in addition to, to uh, Jana Glatz and the goal, um, your defense, uh, you know, you made a lot of progress this year, even though it was uh, a Big Ten only schedule, you reduced your goals against average um, from about 1.6 to just over a goal per game. How important was that back line led by Carrie Burns and the rest of that group in terms of making a step forward this season? Yeah, I mean, Carrie is such, such an incredible leader. She plays kind of that cover position, which is like a free player for us majority of the time and she's just so tough defensively she's an incredible communicator and organizer and i think her and gianna back there just have such a good relationship and such a trust and we had liz romano come come in this season so she was a transfer from yukon who really had the ability to play some longer distance passes you know and and abby wren has played a ton of minutes back there and gracie butzak had come in she was a midfielder, but we played her at halfback. Uh, she's just such a gritty defender. So that group was just, they had so much confidence, you know, I think in Gianna and um, as a group and so much trust in each other. Um, and I think Katie Larmar was a big factor in there as well. And they took a lot of pride in our team defense and, and really limiting opponents. And we really didn't concede much in open play. I think, you know, the goals that we did were um, from some penalty corners, you know, from second phase. Um, so was really proud of the job that that group did. You return your, your top two scorers, Melina Relingshover and uh, Kayla Moore. How important is the development of the offense moving forward just as you look to take that next step into, you know, up the Big Ten ladder? I think really important. You know, I, I don't necessarily think we have like that prolific goal scorer on our squad <laughs> always on the lookout. It's it's hard to find those players. You know, they're they're very there once in a while. And I think we have a lot of, uh, of our scoring was spread out across the team, um, which is great. I think our forward line is, was young this year in comparison. We progressed a lot through the season. You know, I think we had, um, Bridie Molino was a first year player came in and, and scored a couple goals from us. Liz Stang also a first year player came in and in that line, it, it's definitely an area that we continue to focus on. And I think the fact that we had Milena and our midfield coming through and scoring some goals was awesome. You know, and I think some of a lot of Milena's goals, I think, also came on set pieces and attack penalty corners. So we felt that was a strength of ours. You know, we were threaten, threatening in that in our attack penalty corners. We had a lot of variety uh, and we return all those players next year, which is really exciting. But we've got to continue to focus on, I think, that attacking side of things. Obviously, wanted to address and congratulate you on your, on your newborn baby. Uh, Jerry Carino did a great article uh, profiling <laughs> your journey. How crazy was that? I mean, uh, on top of everything with COVID and, um, you know, having the season move to the spring, what was it like knowing, okay, you know, the, the season's moving, I'm having a baby, and uh, just how was your support system help you, you know, help, how did they help you to just get through everything you did? I mean, it was definitely during the fall. Um, I also was... Um, had some kind of blood pressure issues. So I had to be really conscious of that. And as a coach, you know, it's like, you've got to, everything that you do is obviously kind of raising your blood pressure, just kind of the nature of, of coaching and sports. So that I think was really hard for me, you know, where the doctors were like, you can be there, but you have to really be calm and you have to sit down. You've got to take your blood pressure twice a day, every day and write it down. And I was watched very closely for the last 
really like 10 weeks of my pregnancy. So I was in the doctor's office twice a week, every week. So that was a lot, you know, and I think COVID as well, I had to just be really diligent about being safe. And obviously I'm on a college campus and our, um, our team was amazing. They were just so dedicated and put the team first always. And I think that was something that made my obviously life a lot easier, you know, that knew we were being really safe. And the coaching staff was incredible. I mean, obviously Joey's on the staff who's we're married. So he knows, you know, he really knows how hard it was for me, you know, and, and just so supportive. And Maddie and Ajay are incredible. I mean, our, our staff is just so knowledgeable, so talented, you know, and I trust them. Me not being with them wasn't even a stress, you know, because I knew that they'd be doing exactly what I would do. I couldn't travel to some of those early road games, which was, I don't know if watching the live stream was like more, less stressful, but I was definitely up yelling at the TV a couple of times. And my mom was incredible. She came and stayed with me and, and helped me, you know, every time the team was traveling. And then my mom and sister came up and um, watched the kids so I could go to the Big Ten tournament, which was just, I don't know what I would do without them. So just an amazing family and support system. And, you know, Joey and I both come from, from families, you know, Joey's the youngest of six. I'm the oldest of four, just incredible families who are so supportive. We have moms who manage so much. So I think amazing role models, both of us. So we knew, you know, we're coaches, we have a family, it's what we do. It's kind of the balance and the lifestyle we have. So we just we knew we can make it work and we knew we had the support to make it work. And it's definitely not easy, you know, and I probably, you know, I'm, I was back on the sideline um, two weeks after giving birth for the senior game, just because I didn't want to, those guys, you know, they were sad. I wasn't going to be there. And I showed up and they were like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I only stayed for the first 15 minutes, but you know, it's hard for me to separate. I'm obviously a mom, but I'm also a coach and that's just who I am. So you know, I kind of had to be there and my family knew that and they did everything they could to help me make it happen. So you definitely have to have a support system because like I said, it's not easy, but it's just who I am. <laughs> I, I have two kids myself under the age of three. So you have, yes. you having three in the middle of the season like that, I, I, I certainly thought about that for a while. You know, if, if, if the refs got it easier or harder from you this year <laughs> because of your situation. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Two more here. I, I, you know, just stepping back in terms of your time at Rutgers and obviously where you've brought this program, but just overall as an athletic department, the changes you've seen, obviously joining the Big Ten, you know, uh, it's really been a, a very successful past few months for a lot of the Olympic sports. How surprised are you or, or not surprised in terms of the progress that the athletic department has made? And how excited are you about the future of the athletic department overall? Oh, gosh, I'm not surprised at all, to be honest. I think, you know, you could really see this coming. You could feel it coming. And I've been at Rutgers for a while now. And I think people are so excited about what we're doing. And I think we've brought great, you know, Pat Hobbs has brought tremendous coaches in and, oh my gosh, men's basketball and Steve Peichel. And, you know, I think following them this last season and this season, I love that guy. He's just, you know, we're always texting and he's just, done such a great job uh, with the culture. Having Greg Schiano back is just so exciting. I was here when he was here as an assistant coach and he has a vision for Rutgers football. I think he's, he's going to 
do something here again. And I think it's going to be incredible, you know, and lacrosse programs and soccer programs. And, you know, we're watching our teams, we're friends with a lot of the women's soccer. So we're watching them right now in the tournament. And it's just incredible. You know, I think so many of our programs have had women's basketball. Oh my gosh. I mean, C-Viv working alongside a, a legend, you know, a, a woman like C. Vivian Stringer is just inspiring. So I think there's so many great people at Rutgers and Pat's done a great job. And Sarah Baumgartner has been incredible as well. We're building facilities and, you know, we have great coaches and we're, and we're winning, you know, and I think winning championships is on the horizon. You know, it is, it is right there. And I think the next few years are going to be really exciting. So I'm not surprised. I'm so proud. You know, I love Rutgers. I love New Jersey and it's just where I always wanted to be. So I can't wait for the future of this program as well. You know, I think we have some really big aspirations and winning a big 10 championship is one of them. Winning a national championship is another, you know, and that's our ultimate goal. Last question, coach, uh, just in terms of next season, you have your whole group back more or less, um, you know, you, you're coming off your best regular season since taking over the program. What does this team need to do to be able to take that next step and, um, and achieve bigger goals in, in the fall of 21? Yeah, I think just this season, the experience that we had, I think really you know, beating Penn State for the first time in I don't know how many years. I mean, just every time we take one of those steps, I think the the team just gains so much belief and so much experience, you know, and I think this group coming next year has all of that. They've got all the experience. They want to win. They want to be champions. The chemistry is incredible. You know, I think it's we just need all the pieces to kind of fall in place and complete this circle is what we really talked about. You know, we have to really, it's exciting because this is a really short gap between seasons. Typically you end in November and then you've got like, gosh, this whole dark winter and you're playing indoor. (laughs) It's a long time, you know, and I think the group in the locker room was like, you know, all we really need is the finishing touches. And that's, what's so exciting, you know, and that's something Katie Larmore said at the end of the season is, all we've got to do is put on the finishing touches, guys. You know, we, we have the team, we have the culture, we have the coaches, and it's just about the details, you know? So I think that's, we've got to focus on some small things and we're bringing in a few players um, into this, this group that I think are going to elevate even more. So that's really exciting as well. Thanks to head coach Meredith Civico for taking time to speak with us. Really excited about where she's taking this program and where they're headed in the future. Definitely one of the, you know, programs to watch for Rutgers. And, um, you know, obviously head coach Scott Cadell for wrestling gets so much acclaim and credit for for the amazing job he's done um, being here over a decade. But I think Meredith Civico on the, on the women's side, you know, being here now nine years and, and inheriting a program really at the bottom of the Big East and taking her uh, taking this program to the near the top of the Big Ten has really been uh, amazing to watch. So excited about the future of that program, excited about, you know, how uh, the team still competing can finish out this spring season. More to come. Stay tuned. Check us out at onthebanks.com, OTB underscore SB Nation on Twitter. Thanks for listening again and talk to you next time. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.